The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right. Tonight, we have a big night, Sean. I'm ready. Big night. We got a heavy hitter coming in studio. <laughs> we were talking about him a couple weeks ago. He's been... Uh, yeah, we talk about you a lot on the show, actually. Yeah. Well, I remember when you guys were in juvenile hall. You guys. <laughs> so if you guys know that voice, that's my dad, uh, Raul Reese, pastor, uh, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Diamond Bar. Yeah, we do talk about you on the show a lot. Oh, no. We were, we were talking about how last show we were talking trash saying, man, you know, he's been hit with a grenade. He's been shot. How many times? Twice? Once and blown up once. Okay, so you've been hit with a grenade. So you have two Purple Hearts from the yes. Marines. Shot once, hit with a grenade, um, kicked out of a mental institution because yeah. you were too you were too angry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> then that. then you got leukemia. Yeah. You got healed, and in three then, days. In three days, and then you got coronavirus. They say. And he, he's battled this thing for the last oh, eleven years. And he's been having seizures, uh-huh. these Shoot. mild seizures. Sixteen years. What what do the seizures do to you? Tell the tell the they, um, they kind of. Distant me, mm-hmm. I don't lose consciousness mm-hmm. that I can't read and I can't speak. Yeah, it's weird for a minute and a half to two minutes. Yeah, I've seen that on uh, like when you'll be teaching, you just kind of grab your mouth like this and yeah. you wait, and the church waits, and it's like it could be like 30 seconds to a minute if it's a big one, but you can't talk, or sometimes you'll come back in Spanish. Or you'll come back in like English that's kind of chopped up, but then yeah. you, you come back. I don't do that anymore. I just don't come out. No, you don't. Yeah. Because no. you start I, speaking in tongues on accident. No, because yeah. <laughs> no, I might speak Chinese next <laughs> time. Yeah. Who knows? And then, and then he just had sh- shoulder surgery. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that know, was always healthy yeah, until uh, I met both of you. But we, <laughs> but we, had, we, we had a bet, like if you would, because you got... A surgery on a Thursday, yeah. and there was a bet. Like, yeah. wh- wh- is he going to teach on Sunday? Because a lot of people say, yeah, he's going to be in a lot of pain. There's no possible way. That's sure what enough, we were saying. Yep. His, his car drives up on Sunday morning, and he talks. That's what we were saying at the last show when we were talking about you. We're like, is he going to show up? I go, he's going to show up. He's going to show up. He'll do it. Trust me. And guess what? You taught with yes. right out of surgery. And uh, you still have the brace on your hand right now. I do it for six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. And then you're going to have to do physical therapy. Yeah, I think, uh, September 3rd, I start. Yeah. Yeah, I went through that with the torn rotator cuff. But it's interesting. It's just, it just starts rebuilding the muscle. Yeah. And you get the flexibility. And, the, and then it'll be working. I was looking this morning. I have eight incisions in the back of my shoulder. Oh, really? Yeah. Because well, I haven't seen yet because the bandage. Yeah, oh, I said to Monet. Yeah. And I... He told me, he yeah. says, you know what? I don't know if I can fix it mm-hmm. because it was really torn really bad. Yeah. And when I woke up, he goes, hey, I got it, man, better than I thought. Wow. Pretty, he's a Christian, too. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah now my, uh, my father-in-law, I don't know if he told you, but uh, she, he called Crystal and asked how you were doing with the surgery. And now he, because he has a bad shoulder, yeah. too. Yeah. So now he wants to get the surgery. So uh-huh. he wants to hear how it went. But so far, so good with you. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes down to any kind of injury. You know, I know you have that back injury yeah. and all that. All it comes down to is is uh, literally physical therapy. But physical therapy is literally just like like stretching and, and, mm-hmm. and movement. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and like light weights. Like I did it with the, I started with one pound weights and I could barely do that before with my arm. Yeah, I remember. But now I have five pound weights and I'm doing all these reps and you just get stronger. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just comes down to that. That stretching. I'm expecting with probably within two weeks to lift your mom. Like this, like like a wrestler. Well, you know, one one thing I know we got a lot of stuff to talk about on the show, but I 
do you think that this kind of like fits in with everything, Ryan? It's like he's always been so active too. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that plays a big role in recovery. Yeah. You know, there's some people that his age couldn't have that surgery. If they have a surgery like that, they're going to be down for a long time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Rawls always made it a, a point to make sure that you're always moving forward, always on the go. You don't want to waste time, really. Right. You don't want to waste time. If you can do it, you got to do it. A lot of times people look for excuses. Mm-hmm. Why then go back to work or whatever? No, yeah, for sure. So today, Dad, the show that I want to get out of you is, um, I mean, because you have been active. You've always been, um, you've had a lot of passion and you've, what's the word? You've trailblazed. You've had a passion. You've had uh, hard work ethics and um, you got it done. I was just talking to Crystal this morning. Um, over my bowl of Lucky Charms, by the way. The girl that lives with us, she has Lucky Charms. She. And I just, I steal them as much as possible. But uh, they're good. You're, I know Jet likes the rainbows. Jet like, I like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, oh, that's good too. So anyway, um, you know, I was just talking about how, we were talking about how how hard it is to, to get stuff done. It takes time to study. It takes time. Like, uh, you have a mega church now. That just didn't happen. You didn't wake up one day and just say, I'm going to become a pastor. And you started with a mega church. There was so much hard work, so much dedication, so much passion, blood, sweat, and years to get this stuff done. And I want to kind of go, I don't want to do like a highlight reel of your life. I want to get into the nuts and bolts of what it was like, what you were experiencing during these times, going through different processes of your life, getting to, to where you're at um, in your life now, because you also, you have a, how many doctorates do you have? Uh, one. You have one doctorate and, and three masters? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's so much. And you're in the Hall of Fame for martial arts. Yes. And is there anything else? You got tons of books. You've, you've, how many times have you uh, uh, taught through the Bible? Uh, I think five times. Five times from yeah. Genesis to Revelations. These are like our Bible studies. This could be a chapter at a time to a couple chapters. How many, how many uh, studies I had? Yeah, we, we did like a math estimation. And this is, has to do with, because he taught so much like three or four times on Sunday mornings back in the yeah. day. And Wednesday Sunday nights a night couple and Wednesday times. Wednesday, yeah. It's close to about probably 30,000 different studies that he's 30,000 studies. Well, with, because of leaderships yeah. and because of um, guest speaking, teaching multiple Wednesday nights and Sundays multiple times. And you just do the math, you know, just in one week, uh, he would teach five, six times a week. Seven times a week. Plus, plus, oh, oh, that's not even counting the guest speaking. <laughs> exactly. Guest so you start speak, doing, and you were speaking all over the place. Because yes. you're an evangelist. Greater rallies and speaking oh my, men's conferences, all that yeah. stuff. Well, there's roughly thirty-two to 33,000 verses in the Bible. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's you know, equal. that's yeah. crazy. Wow, that is incredible. It is. That is a lot of, of, of time study time and all that. So anyway, um, I definitely want to get into the nuts and bolts of all this stuff because there's a lot of people out there that want to uh, get involved and they want to serve God. And I think, um, you know, maybe they don't want to be a pastor. Um, maybe they just, maybe they want to be an, maybe they want to be an evangelist. Maybe they just want to know the word of God and see what God does. And I think that's kind of the the starting point. I don't think you ever, or I ever, or you, Sean, or ever was like, I'm going to be an evangelist. I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to do this. It was just basically starting at the 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 at Jesus 101, and that is studying the Word of God, the call of God, getting the call. Yes, but how do you get the call? It's through the study of the Word, through right? Prayer and through the Word. So you're reading the Word, mm-hmm. and what happens is as you start reading the Word, God starts tugging on your heart, and then He starts putting those desires or the call 
on your life. So once and you, and you know what, Ryan, you yeah. got to have a good shepherd. And Jesus was my shepherd, but Pastor Chuck Smith really influenced me. Okay, that's good. To t- okay, let's start there. So first of all, you're talking about you need to be under a good pastor. Yes, that that teaches the Bible, yes. not topical studies. Like no, like like literally every single verse in the Bible from yes. Genesis to Revelation. Right on. Where they call it's exegetical. Yeah, where you just go, it's story. You just learn story by story. Yeah, and this way you get the full counsel of God. Now, when you were doing that under Chuck, um, after you got the call, what was the what was the first thing that you like? What was your what your study life look like during this process when you were sitting under Chuck? What did your day to day look like? Well, first of all, I made. I made my schedule to go to Costa Mesa to drive 90, uh, 90 miles, 45 from here, mm-hmm. and back 45, because I wanted to extend my knowledge. I wanted to, I wanted to be disciple, mm-hmm. and that's what Chuck did with, with so many people, yeah. you know. And to the present time, he decided mm-hmm. people yeah. don't want to hear him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And so I would spend time, you know, my Kung Fu school teaching, but I would spend time after that studying. I stay up late at night yeah. studying the Word of God because I wanted to memorize it. I wanted to organize it. So when I got up to the people, I had something to say. So you were okay, so you were working full time. Yes. How many kids? When you, well, I had three. You, you had me yeah. in seventy five, and that's when did you get saved? Seventy four. I got saved in seventy two. Seventy two. So, okay, so I was like three years old. So you have a, a baby in the house mm-hmm. in diapers, and then you have the other two kids. You have your wife. You're working. Are you working full time at this time, just Kung Fu, or were you working at the market too? Bob, I, I worked at Kung Fu because I couldn't make it with my Kung Fu, so I worked at Prono Markets. Okay, so you, you were working two jobs. <laughs> yeah. So you were, uh, you, you were working at a, a market. Mm hmm. Full time. Then you were doing training uh, with Jimmy. Then you were training and you were teaching Kung Fu starting your studio at that time. So that was a startup company right there was was your was your uh, was your your passion. Yes. uh, Kung Fu. But during that process after that, then you were driving even an hour, 90 miles Mm -hmm. there and back at night to go get discipled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's commitment. No, it is. Okay. And then you would come home and then whatever you had to do in the evening. You would do that, and you would do that every single day, repeat. But you know what, Sean? I mean, you know, because you work here. You know that Chuck saw something in me that I didn't see myself. Mm-hmm. So he chose these guys, mm-hmm. you know, to put a little board together yeah. so that we can continue to hear his heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard his heartbeat for almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And that's where you got the call. Yep. So, okay, during this process, when you're, you're getting discipled right now, you're not teaching the Word of God. You're not doing evangelism at this, evangelism at this point. But what you're doing is you're just, you're just fully plugged in, reading, you're, you're praying, you're, you're driving an hour to, to sit under Chuck. The commitment is there. The passion is there to drive. But you don't know that you're going to be an evangelist. You don't know you're going to be a pastor at this point. You're just you're, – because you're, you're a student. like Just like you're a student of the martial arts. Yeah. You, we are disciples. We're students of the Word of God, yes. right? So from there, um, what was the where, where was the point when you got the call to, or how'd you even get into sharing the Word of God? How, how'd that start in your well? I saw 
Chuck's passion. Mm-hmm. I saw, you know, Greg and all of us, you know, mm-hmm. together. So I started going to my, uh, my old high school. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I went to my old high school, I started just teaching the Word. I didn't know the Word of God. I just started sharing whatever I knew. And then the Lord called me to go to seven high schools. Mm-hmm. So at lunchtime, I would show up because I had my comfort studio. Mm-hmm. I would show up at these high schools mm-hmm. and never expecting to see the fruit mm-hmm. that God brought about. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids, that one day... They would come to my church. Mm-hmm. They would come to the church here and uh, to see them with marriage, you know, with their kids yeah. and loving the Word of God. That the, that the Word of God has such power. Mm-hmm. But with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit. Okay. I met. Who's the first guy that got saved at your, your high school? We, uh, I met him here at the church. Uh, uh, I forget his name. Yeah. But anyway, I met yeah, him here. Yeah. But I want to I go back. So you are. So you're going to. I want to open up that conversation when you're talking about. And Sean, you could jump in, yeah. obviously, whenever. Yeah. You said that you were going to school and you were sharing, but you didn't even know how to teach the Word of God. No. Now, this, I want to unpack this because this is a big deal. Because this is the common thing with people. They're like, I don't know what to share. I haven't went to seminary. I haven't been to Bible school. You know, I, they, they feel like they are not able to go and step out by faith and share with people. You did not know the Word of God. At no. this time, uh-uh. I was learning. I was beginning. You, you were a total beginner. Yes, you were a beginner. You were not. Seasoned. I was listening to Chuck's tapes when yep. I was in there. Right. So you were listening, uh-huh. but then you would go and what? what you would just like. Read I some, would share whatever I'm learning. Would you? you know? just, yeah. So you would learn something yeah. and you would just share. Yeah. It. And share. I mean, they they saw my life because I shared it a couple of times, mm-hmm. and then I would share Jesus. You know, like you would just race, read the Jesus <laughs> stories to them. Yes, and they kind of like break it down. Like, yes, this is what happened in yeah, this. This is what goes on, and they would be listening, mm-hmm. and in that listening, the Holy Spirit was zapping them. You know, their hearts. Exactly. Okay. Go ahead. You, you know what? One thing that's important to I think note about your story that I think a lot of people need to understand is that you got to be who God's called you to be. Yes, that's very important. God uses you in weaknesses. Like, Raul, you were a test too. You hated school, right? I, I did not know how to read. Yeah, you didn't do good <laughs> oh, in school. Oh, yeah, break oh, all that. I'm yeah. an F, F student. You know, you came from Mexico City. Yes. Like, when, how old were you when you I came? I was 10 years old. 10 years old. I mean, you love the United States of America. Yes, that's my country. You love sports. You love baseball. I play baseball. So you had passion and stuff like that. Yes. And then you would have passion in martial arts. Yes. Um, and then when you went into the military and the Marines, you were very passionate in that too. Yes. I mean, talk about that just for a minute because I yeah. want to break something down yeah. as far as you were a sharpshooter. You excelled in that. Why was that? Why did you get strength in those kind of things? You know, I, I saw my life, you know, since I was maybe 11, 12 years old, that I wanted to go in the military. You know, I used to watch these movies, you know. And when the Vietnam War broke out, in our high school, the first person to get killed was one of the uh, juniors that I knew. And, uh, and then another one missing in action. So I decided that when I turned, you know, uh, 18 years old, I'm going to military, not, re- not knowing that at that point in time, God has hand upon me because I got in this big situation where I got arrested. I had to go to court, and I, they allowed me to go into the Marine Corps. You got a big so, fight. Yeah, so, I mean, here's God working, not knowing I'm going to Vietnam, and probably I, I, I don't regret it. I regret what I did, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't regret that God had to set upon me all the way through. Well, war is ugly, so it gets ugly. What I wanted to point out was two things. One is that if you want to be, if you want to see God move in your life, you have to be dedicated and, and sacrifice. And there are some, like, look at the Apostle Paul. Like, he was very intelligent when it came to the Word of God. God took his strengths and then it would shape him and mold him. Like, raw strengths are passion into something such as martial arts, such as the military. 
And, you know, even in the book of Romans, it says, just like you used to serve the world, now serve God. Yeah. And when, when God got a hold of your life, as Ryan's breaking down right now, of like going to the high schools, it was with a passion and a desire of love. That, I mean, that's what you preach to us all the time. That's the only way you can do ministry and be effective. Well, you know, I saw these kids, they're going to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to tell them about the Christ? It was during the Jesus People Movement. You know, it's a time of love. And then when I go to the high school, you know, they, when I started, they start throwing milk chocolate on me. So <laughs> I said, oh, Lord, let me kill these kids, man. You know, because I was already in my 20s, you know. You know, you know what I liked about that high school stuff that you were talking about is that. Because you, you're doing that. Yes, yes. Yeah. But, but I like what you were saying that you would go and you would just share what you were learned. You weren't like a. Theologian, you weren't a Bible scholar by any means, or a spiritual giant by any means. But what happened is, God is so faithful to like His Word, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the Bible says, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes Mm -hmm. upon you." And Jesus is the Word, right? He became flesh. The Word became flesh, and it was Jesus. He is the Word. So when you share the Word, you're sharing Jesus. So when you share Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit comes along with it. Mm -hmm. So you're there just in front of these people. Just stepping out by faith, because we walk by faith, not by sight. You step out by faith, you share the word, which is Jesus, and then the power of the Holy Spirit comes and shows up, and it, like you were saying, it zaps people's hearts, it draws all man to himself, and God does the work. But people get so intimidated, like, okay, I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to share, and might be fumbling over my words, or I'm scared, I don't know much. It doesn't matter. I fumble, I stutter so much over my words because I talk really fast and I get my mind works really quick so I get ahead of myself. But <coughs> it doesn't matter. You just studied, there's that verse that says be ready in and out of season. I don't know, I probably butchered yep. that verse. But basically be ready in and out of season. So when you show up, it says the Holy Spirit will give you those words at that time. But you just share. And if you share the word, God will be faithful. And he, the Holy Spirit is just like, it's this, this unseen power that the Bible talks about, it's like you see the wind blow. We've talked about this. Jesus talks about you see the wind, but you don't see the effects of the wind. Or you see the, the wind, you don't see the actual wind, but you see the effects of the wind. And in the same way, you know, just think about this. When you're standing in front of people, you're at the high school. I always think about this because it's a, we're in this, it's a spirit realm. You know, we live in, there's different, this is the flesh world, but then the spirit is operating the spirit realm and we're reaching people in their spirit, right? Because we're spirit mm-hmm. beings. So when we show up, if we have the Holy Spirit he's in us, Jesus Christ's Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is inside of us. So when we show up, the Holy Spirit is there. He's going wherever we go. And then when we preach the Bible, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit is just moving in that place. Yes. And it's hitting people's hearts. You don't see what's happening. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, like when you're done sharing, and you're like, anyone wants to receive Jesus? Then you see him raise your hand. Now you're seeing the effects of the Holy Spirit, yeah. Yeah. right? Yep. And that's what I want. That's why I wanted you to share this because, you know, people could look at you, which the amount of success and and what you've accomplished, um, what God has accomplished in your life and how He used you. And not only that, the way you didn't even know how to read or anything. You came from Mexico City. You are a failure at school because you're getting fights and all things. I get it. I've been kicked out of school. I was a failure at school, too. Oh, yeah. Sean, too. Yeah, oh, actually. Right, Sean McKean, too. Got kicked out for throwing rocks at the teacher's cars and, and, and did thousands of dollars in damages and got booted out. Yep. Yep. True story. Anyway, so anyway, what, what I'm saying is, but what God did with you, dude, now fast forwarding, 
you just started stepping out in what you knew and then God took you on this journey, this ride to bring you to where you're at now. So listeners out there, it, you got to start somewhere. You can't just think I need to, I need to arrive or you're, you're going to get, okay, let me ask you this because we're interviewing you. Were you frustrated at times? Oh, did yeah. you feel like you want to quit? Yeah. Did you feel did, was did you feel like depressed because you know not depressed? We sat no. in your room and cried. But like, did you have moments, bouts of like, man, I just can't do this. This is just too hard. Oh yeah. Am I, mean, I ever gonna be able to do this? Yeah, because when you see the results, a lot of times they wouldn't even come you know forward, and then they walk away and go, Lord, what did I do? You know, results as in when you share. Yeah. And they look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you like, a, like, like you have a like you have a like you have a yeah. banana growing out of your head, <laughs> and then they just like walk away. Yeah, that's failure. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, and you're just like you know what? What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. this is stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's normal though. Yeah. My first Bible study I ever did, I spoke for Scott Salomon, and Scott's a good teacher. And I remember like, and he'd been teaching for a long time. And I went. He asked me kind of last minute to do it, and I was petrified yeah. to be in front of you know a hundred kids like in a high school room mm-hmm. like. And I remember speaking the first time, like, I seriously, because I wasn't somebody that would speak in front of a class or anything. I would ditch class if I we had to do that. We were always sitting in the back of the <laughs> class. no way. <laughs> and so when I had to do that, like, I remember thinking, like, I was starting to see spots. Like, I'm like, how, I've never passed out before. I'm like, how does it feel when you pass out? And I'm like, it kind of feels like how I feel right now. But I finished... I and I remember telling Scott like I don't think I'll ever do that again. I, I don't think I'm called to really t- be teaching. Like I'm just cool to serve and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I, I do that again. And then there were little things like little encouragements that people saw. Hey man, I, I liked what you shared about this. Blah 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 blah. And then something that I learned that you've learned that you've learned as well is that when God calls you to do something, he will empower you to do something. And when you see the power of God working in your life, because Satan wants to bring fear in our lives where we don't do anything. Because if we look at our own selves, you look at you, like how you were academically, how you were academically myself when we were younger, and just, I don't know, lack of focus in some ways, but then you see the power of God, and it's like, whoa, like, Mm -hmm. it's legit. I remember the first funeral I did for our good friend who, who passed away. And I remember thinking, like, how am I going to be able to speak in front of... There was thousands of people there, actually. I remember that. And then I came on stage, and I remember... Because I was very connected to this family as well, mm-hmm. so I didn't know if I was going to break down emotionally. And I just remember coming out and just having the clarity, mm-hmm. the boldness. Mm-hmm. The word was just, like, together, so tight. Mm-hmm. And you just sensed it, it hitting the hearts of the people. Had nothing to do with my wisdom, my strength, my knowledge, because five minutes earlier, I'm walking behind in the hallway, wanting to go home and nervous, and then you saw the power of God. Well, if you have the Holy Ghost in you, right? You receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, he fills you, you have the person of the Holy Spirit in you. So when you act, when you step out by faith, the power comes upon you, and you could just God will give you the words and he's, he's in control. And he doesn't take over your body because that's, you know, demon possession. But the Holy Spirit illuminates you and yep. he gives you the power to operate in the spirit. And the words start coming. Whatever it is, you have that clarity, mm-hmm. uh, the control. Um, I, I know that moment, you know, it just, it, just, it just clicks. And then you walk off and you're like, whoa, that was just amazing yeah. how that happened. But that's what God promises. Yep. So we don't have to be scared. Right. But then there's those times. That you Let's talk about this, Dad. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about. 
So those are those. Okay, that's a highlight. That's a highlight. Okay. Now let's talk about. Have you ever uh, walked up and spoke and just walked to the stage and said, like, now that you're seasoned and uh-huh. everything, have you ever walked off the stage and been like, "What just happened up there? That was horrible," or oh, like, yeah. or like, on a oh, Sunday morning, or yeah. I speak. So there's sometimes, yeah, for, yeah. for people, and you study so hard. Okay, so you're yeah. studying hard, and yes. then you went up and you yeah. just felt like, dude, it just did not happen. But you know what? Uh, those are the times that people get really spoken to. So uh, so true. Really? So spoken to, yes. Because you're thinking of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God is thinking of himself. So you you're think, you're ba- So let me clarify that. Yeah. You're thinking of, I wanted to hit this, this, to this, and this. Yeah. But God did something different, led you by his spirit mm-hmm. to, to hit these other points or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you walk away and you're like, why was that so like kind of all over or weird? Like, it didn't go the way I thought. Yeah. But what God was doing is he, the Holy Spirit was like, we're going to be picking off some people tonight, like sniper mode. Yeah. Bink, 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 bink. With the, giving you those words. Yeah, but remember, it's his, it's his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He called you, you know, not to speak beautiful. Mm-hmm. But he called you to submit to his spirit and to his word. Mm-hmm. You know, and to remind ourselves that when you open your mouth, mm-hmm. it's he speaking. And people, what does it say in Revelations chapter 2 and 3? He who has an ear to hear, he already prepared people's ears right. to hear. Even if you have a failure of a sermon, the word of God never comes back void. Yeah, I like that. Remember that. You know, Our never. idea of success is different yes. than what the Lord's is. Yes. The Lord desires obedience. That's it. Obedience. Yeah. And like what Ralph said, I know I've seen that in my life too. I'm like, man, I felt like the study was all over the place. I didn't feel like it was connecting. I, you almost leave down the the, the back hallway defeated. Yeah, and you're like, hey, you're where's like, that back door? I know I could get out of I'm here like, quick. Out of here. <laughs> but the same thing happens. Either God moves like in an altar call yeah. or yeah. somebody inboxes you, sends you a message yeah. like, dude, that was... Yeah. You're like, really? Yeah. Be- and then you're like, to me, and that's something I've learned in my life, you have to have a short-term memory yeah. when it comes to being used by God in some aspects. What yeah. I mean by that is it's not about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. It's not about this elaborate study you put together. It's not about you uh, doing this evangelism event and all these people came to the Lord. God did that. Amazing. I'm going to continue moving on with what God has for me. And then you keep everything balanced. Because if you only look like, oh, only five people came to the Lord or a thousand people came to the Lord. In God's eyes, all he wants from us is obedience. Let me give you an illustration. Uh, Keith Reeder was an uh, amazing teacher. He was. I went to the uh, first college Bible school that Chuck seven of us, mm-hmm. Jeff Johnson, Steve, uh, you know, Stonebreak and all of us. So he was teaching the great literature very young. You know, I, I mean, he was there. So he gave this sermon. And he, he thought, man, I gave the best sermon I have ever given. And he started walking out of the stage, and he flipped. <laughs> he flipped. He tripped. He tripped and flipped, <laughs> and he ended up on his back, and the Lord said, whose word is it? You know, and he learned, hey, I can't talk about myself, how great I am. Yeah. It's God's word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You have to really be careful with that. Um, I want to add something, but going back to what you were saying right before that, is that and that's what's so freeing about, because you were saying, just you're just, you're, Dad, you said you're just, being used by God. Yeah. And then I forget exactly what you said, Sean, but piggybacking up what you said, you, that's what's so freeing about 
speaking with people or you're saying it's not about the numbers or yeah, these are big the evangelist results, yeah. events or I'm going to be in front of all these people mm-hmm. which is it is cool you know when you first start speaking it's it's cool like I remember like because you're just starting to speak you know I started speaking like in rehabs for like five people three people and then the the stage kept growing mm-hmm. to music festivals 20,000 different things and it, you know you're like whoa this is really awesome to be in front of a lot of people right mm-hmm. which is exciting just I mean because we're humans we're like oh that's awesome you know but what's so cool for me and you guys obviously too, is just knowing that when you're in God's will, uh, it's not about the number of, of people that you're in front of. It's just about being in the right place at the right time where God wants you because you see the power of God work. Yeah. And you just see people's lives impacted. Like what's better than, you know, you can be in front of 20,000 people and give this message, but isn't it, I think it's way cooler to, to meet one person on the street, pray for them, they give their life to Jesus and you genuinely see it in their face and when you pray they get filled with the spirit and they're like what was that and you're like that was the holy spirit he just filled you and then even when you pray for people and they get healed or whatever like that is so much more powerful them encountering the presence of god than for me i would rather have a one-on-one encounter with god someone just getting prayed for receiving jesus and you literally see it in their face like whoa like god is real than to speak in front of 20,000 people that's honestly that's what i live for that's biblical. Think about in the book of Acts, uh, uh, Philip. Philip was a part of a revival that was taking place in the book of Acts. Yeah. And the Lord called him to go to one place to minister one to person. one person. Yeah, yeah. You know, would we, what, what, why would I lead this? Yeah. Obedience. Mm-hmm. God takes care of the results. Because sometimes like, uh, I'm not going to go unless there's a thousand people there. Mm-hmm. I, I won't go. Yeah. You, you can't have that mentality no. if you're being led by the Spirit of God. Whether there's 10, whether there's 1,000, 10,000, obedience to God is the key. Well, that's that's like right now I just posted on Instagram. I got invited to go do like a – it's like a tell my testimony on some like TV network thing out mm-hmm. there. But what I did is they, they're flying me out. So what I did is I did a post on social media, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in Texas three, these three days. I got flights and hotels covered. I'm not looking for any money. Just book me to that. speak anywhere. Jails, prisons, street ministry, rehabs. High schools, anywhere, I'll go because, dude, it's... And then now I'm getting all these bookings. That's awesome. And I'm like, that's God's just opening the doors. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Yes, you know, uh, when you do that, then it's God doing it. Dad, with that thought, we're going to break right now. We'll be back in two minutes. All right. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, and or Facebook. the ryan reese show we are back um with uh my dad raul reese sean mckeon and uh right before the break we were talking about dad that you were in schools you were not educated in the word as far as like you weren't a scholar at that time um you were at the very beginning stages and we were just encouraging people that the word when it goes back forth when it goes forth it never comes back void and i remember mom would tell me the same thing like Ryan, if you just just read the Bible, there's just power in the word, you know. So from that point, there was a transition because you're going to schools. You said you had seven schools. God opened the door for you. Yes. You were teaching Kung Fu. You were working in a grocery store at the mm-hmm. time to make ends meet because you had your startup business, which is a Kung Fu studio. Yes. But then what was going on at the at the Kung Fu studio? You, were you playing 
Chuck Myth CDs? Were you teaching? What was what? Something happened there that birthed what you're doing yeah, now. Yeah. Well, what happened is that you know I decided to have Bible studies after the Kung Fu classes, mm-hmm. so we put a cassette player with, you know, and listened to Pastor Chuck, so I can get these people they wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. To listen mm-hmm. to the word of God, and a lot of those people, they were there. They got saved. I get uh, emails all the time from people all over the country. Mm-hmm. They were in my kung fu school, and now they're saved and they're in a ministry or they're in a church. Yeah, which is so cool, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that's another thing for people that go, well, I can't speak. I don't know what to do. Here's my dad starting by just playing. Which we don't have tapes anymore. Mm-hmm. Kids, there are these things called tapes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and these things called CDs. <laughs> uh, basically, Telephones. <laughs> yeah, basically, you just all you need to do is get your phone out, yeah. get a speaker, hook it up, and throw a podcast in, yep. some kind of audio of a Bible study, and that's basically what happened. Yep. You just put it in the middle of the room, and everyone sat around it yep. and listened to it. And then people got saved. Yeah. So now your Kung Fu studio – oh, let's, let's talk about this because maybe you can encourage people. You, didn't, you weren't called to be a pastor – you were just playing audio tapes or audio mm-hmm. in the middle of a Kung Fu studio. So that means that anyone can do this anywhere. 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 Yeah. You're where? Home. Uh, in your car. You're, you're, if you own a restaurant or <laughs> yeah. you're the manager of the restaurant or even have, uh, even if your boss is a Christian and he allows you to do it at a restaurant. Um, your tattoo studio, your skate shop, your music store. I mean, what, anywhere this could happen. Yeah. And what happens is because the word of God, when it goes forth, yeah. it never comes back void. And yeah. it always starts by taking those first steps of faith. Mm-hmm. That's what, it, biblically, you know, you follow the life of Abraham, multiple characters. It's just that first step. You don't see the whole plan. You take that first step of faith, and God begins to open up doors. Okay, yeah. Dad, you, said, yeah. you said at the beginning of the show that God prepares people's hearts, mm-hmm. you know, before you get up and teach. Remember that? Yeah. And that goes along with the same thing that, God could, God is preparing people's hearts around you, like you guys. He's, well, He's preparing hearts around you. Yeah. So, like, if you're, if for the listener, if they're just like, "Man, I've been thinking about doing something like that," maybe God's already prepared the hearts of people around you to just put an audio on and invite them to come to your house and listen to an audio and eat pizza or something. Yeah. If you step out by faith and just do that, there, there could be like three or four people that want to come or more. Yeah. You don't know. Until, Sean, like you said, you step out by faith. Yeah. And then God will start moving in your life. And you know what? The worst thing is like, you know what? Maybe God hasn't called me to this. But, and he might show you something else. Mm -hmm. But it might be something that that God is um, going to do in your life. If raw, and just like anybody else would attest to the same thing, if those first steps of faith weren't there, Mm -hmm. you would have missed out on all that God had for you. Mm -hmm. Whether it was raw going to the high school, Mm -hmm. just like with a desire and a love for these kids, and to share the gospel, whether it was Rawl having a burden for his friends mm-hmm. and then inviting them to a study. Mm-hmm. And they really started there. But people that know him and they've seen the impact from all the way of all these years, it then just happened overnight. It came with dedication and sacrifice. It came from getting real with God, making the word of God a priority in your life, Rawl. Like uh, he said it in the beginning, and it is important, I think, to note, like, to have a good teacher, and Chuck Smith was a great teacher, yeah. because it encouraged him. And like Rawl has been used in my life, he's been used in a lot of people's life in the same way of Chuck, of like exhorting in ministry, mm-hmm. exhorting in the word, and then I take those tools and apply it to my life, and, th- and it's like, it multiplies. 
He's God will only use you as much as you allow him to. It's on your availability. Yeah, everybody has a ministry. I don't care who it is, you know, because God calls each one of us to be saved, mm-hmm. and you just can't sit yeah. and not do anything. And when you take a step of faith to take one person, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you go, wow, man, great results. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to be open yeah. to the Holy Spirit. Your faith grows. Yes. Now, going back to the availability, mm-hmm. if you don't make yourself available mm-hmm. to be used, you're like, like, be used. like you're like, I want to be used. Well, yeah. Like, are you even available? Yeah, I'm not available on Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday. I got yeah. a little bit after five. Got this. You can't. <laughs> if you're table. not available, you'll. That, and that's what happens. People just stay, stay busy, mm-hmm. and they they don't make themselves available. That's why they don't get used by God. But I can I can assure you this: if you make yourself available, and you get used by God, like my dad just said, you you step out by faith, and all of a sudden, one person gets saved. And then you're like, that was amazing. And then you just continue to do it and you just mm-hmm. see the increase because the harvest is ripe, Jesus says. Either he's the a liar. The fruit will come. The fruit will come. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to uh, walk. Let's, let's talk about walking by faith a little bit. So people are like, oh, well, I've tried and it was a failure. It's like almost like you're, when you walk by faith, you're just knocking on doors. Like if you're going down your neighborhood and you're knocking on house doors, some doors don't open, some doors are going to open. And it's all right. You just got to keep knocking on doors. If you feel God leading you, to step out in faith, to knock on a door, like to do certain things. It's hard to hear God's voice all the time. You know what I mean? It's like you're trying, it's it's like, it's like a radio frequency that you're trying to pick up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't get the good reception, but sometimes you hear clearly. And then sometimes it's spotty. It's just like K wave and diamond bar. It's very spotty, (laughs) you know, right here in this area. You drive through, it's like, and I can hear my dad on the radio at 5 5 PM. But the thing is, sometimes it's normal that not to hear the frequency of God, um, because sometimes that's where faith comes. Y- yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that a little bit. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know what is that uh, God doesn't want you to feel like okay, I have a message now. I'm gonna win this today, but He wants you on your knees. You see, so that you can have that faith Mm -hmm. to go ahead and share the gospel, to study, to do whatever God wants you to do. And then it's God and it's not you. Mm -hmm. They're real important about that Mm -hmm. because a lot of people, once God uses them, they think it's going to happen all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, but those those times, you know, going through the wilderness Mm -hmm. takes you to the promised land. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. I I agree with you, Dad. Um, It's it's like. For, for me personally, I just step out by faith. Mm-hmm. The way I look at it is like, if God shows up, epic. If he does it, cool. Not my problem. It's God the one that does the work. But I, I, always, I just read the word and I just do what it says. And it's fine. Those wilderness experiences, sometimes when it doesn't happen, cool. Mm-hmm. Who cares? What do you have? By, what, what, what's, the, uh, what, what's wrong with... with uh, him not showing up sometimes. And when I say show up, like say if you pray for someone and they don't receive Jesus or you, you lay hands on the sick and they don't recover, who cares? You yeah. just step out by faith and because God says to go out and preach the gospel yeah. and uh, to lay hands on the sick and to minister to people and, 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 and help people in need. Like It's just all in ministry. And you just, you just do it. And what happens is because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're reading and praying like you're saying, you just have a, a, a supernatural love in your heart for people, and you just you just do those good deeds because 
That's just the sign of your faith. Know your gifts, yes. you know, mm-hmm. because as a teacher, mm-hmm. you can't be going out. You, know, you got to study that, you know, there's yeah. open doors to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, they don't know their gifts. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to be Sean. They want to be Wade. They want to be you. Mm-hmm. They want to be me. And a lot of times they don't succeed because mm-hmm. God hasn't called to do that. Okay, break this, break that down for the listener. Now, let's just say that there's a listener right now that's like, gifts, what are the gifts what are the gifts that you're talking about, and how do I find my gift that God wants to use me or gifts? I just use two gifts, okay, preaching and teaching. Okay. Okay? So, when, when, first of all, when you have the gift of preaching, mm-hmm. you're up to preaching, so you get people in church to so get taught. That's evangelism. That's evangelism. And then teaching is bringing people into the church, and, and they, they listen to the Word of God, become mature, then they find their gifts, and they do what God is calling them to do. So it's basically they become you're teaching them they become students of the word well here's Sean, they get discipled guys, you know? and then they find then God shows them their gifts and there's different gifts like there's some people that twenty one gifts yeah there's yeah so there's twenty one gifts like here's an example yeah. of one there's some people that just have the gift of of, of mercy mm-hmm. and they just go in mm-hmm. hospitality they go in and to old folks homes and they're just there yes hanging out. Yeah. But someone that, that has no family and they're just hanging out at an old folks' home and they're just hanging out talking to them. Yeah. Like, believe it or not, that's a gift. Some people do that. Then there's other people that are, that are like, just want to serve. Like, what are we doing? We're we cleaning the church today. We're going to set up for this, mm-hmm. for this baptism. We're going to go uh, clean the warehouse. We're going to go drop some flyers off. You, do that, you got like the, you have that gift. You know what I mean? Then you have the, 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 the preaching, the teaching. Then there's some people that have the gift of giving yep. that yep. just... You know, maybe they're operating some big business, and oh, yeah. they're just like, you know what? Um, I, the Bible, you know, see, God spoke to them too. It talks, yeah. And then yeah. there's so there's yeah. some people that just have the gift where God yeah. will speak to them, yeah. and they they are like, okay, well, I normally give ten percent, but you know what? I'm going to give thirty percent or forty percent. They see the to fruit this. of that ministry. Yeah. Yes, they see the fruit. So there's different. There's some other gifts that you want to talk about. Uh, You have the gift of administration, and that's important because you need organization. Mm -hmm. There's some people that just have, we know people like that. You have the gift of uh, administration. Yeah. You know, you have. You're organized. Yeah, you you have those gifts, and there's other people as well that have those gifts of administration. It helps see the big picture of everything. The church. Um, And then there's pastors, teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, Pastors, teachers also have the, when they're, as they're teaching, the word of wisdom, knowledge, Mm -hmm. a prophecy, that's proclaiming of God's word. Mm -hmm. Um, We said hospitality, the the interpretation of tongues, speaking Mm -hmm. in tongues. Mm -hmm. So there's multiple gifts. And Paul breaks it down. Like, not everybody has called to be a pastor and teacher. You know, not everybody is called to have the gift of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Now, you are called to be an evangelist sharing the gospel, but there are certain people that have those those gifts in particular. How do you find them? Seeking the Lord in prayer. Stepping out by faith. You'll see. You'll know. Because just like all of us, the reason why we do what we do, Mm -hmm. um, it's because it's a... Paul says, "Woe is me if I don't do this. If I don't preach the gospel, if I don't teach, like it becomes like studying and preparation for myself. Or all, though, though it's tough, there's also a lot of joy in it. It's not a grind. It, it's important, and everything flows. Like God gives you the ability to put studies together, to be able to connect, to be able to see the whole picture of God's word from Genesis to Revelation. It is a gift by God, and so you'll know it. It'll just be your sweet spot." There's other things that I, I don't feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Um, but those are the things that I have found. And the you main find thing them, is knowing the word. Yeah, knowing the word. Yeah. Knowing your gifts. We're yeah. all right. Because when you know your gifts, yeah. you know your purpose. Yeah. 
A lot of people are wandering around with no idea why they're here on this earth. And sometimes you've got to break it down. Look, God sustained your life. You could have been in hell. You could have been in a jail cell. But God sustained you. He forgave you. He cleansed you, washed you. Now, serve the Lord. See what he has for your life. Well, here's, here's even some more practical stuff. Like there's, I mean, we've been on mission trips growing up to go to Colombia and Chile and stuff. And there's, we've done trips where they've told people it's a work trip. We're going down to, we're going to go build the mission. Dude, they bring the painters. They bring the contractors mm-hmm. yes. that are laying tile. They have gifts. That are, and then we yeah. have, then, oh, and then like Jeremy and them, Jeremy and uh, Jim came. And, and Jeremy, he's a, a contractor for a, or like landscape. Dude, we dug a well there. Mm-hmm. Like those guys dug the well. The other guys were laying the tile. The other guys were, you know what I mean? Yes. You know, and then you had the low, you know, my point is like there's, there. it's not like, there's different gifts just because you maybe you're not teaching the word or preaching yes. and evangelism, dude. You come along and you're like building a well for this for this uh, mission, painting, laying tile. Well, guess what? Now years later, that's a full-on Bible school in Colombia that we yeah. have, dude. But it started with them just coming and digging a well. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You have the joy of the Lord. My father-in-law, uh, Rudy, has that gift too. He's actually gone to Colombia and Chile with Sammy Duran, those guys, and have done work on those facilities yeah. back in the day. And it's yeah. like, dude, they're excited. They take off time of work. Yeah. They, they pay their own way yeah. just to go yeah. there. Like, they just have those gifts. They can Those guys that can fix anything. Yeah. And yet, they're a part of the work of God. And then students come. Teachers are there later. We all play a part in the body. And you know where it started? With your your uh, your banana and your papa. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. where it started. The Lord took him to Colombia by horseback. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And then going there and building this place, the place being burned down, they get kicked out of Colombia. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? Their gifts and that, they go to Chile. Yeah. See, that's the way it is. You don't stand still. Yeah. You got to move. Okay, now where's my opportunity? It's like what we were talking about earlier with Stephen, the evangelist. Like he was operating, and he was in the middle of a big revival. But then God said, "Hey, yeah. go over here." He met with the Ethiopian, Philip. Yes, Philip. Yeah. Philip. Who did I say, Andrew? Stephen. Stephen. Yeah. He went. Philip went to. Uh, he went to go meet with the Ethiopian, shared the word of God, used him for that moment, baptized him, and that Ethiopian he took the word back yeah. to Ethiopia, yeah. which that's why there's so many Christians. Yeah. God took him out of this big old thing, mm-hmm. plopped him right in front of this one dude. That was part of the, he was part of the, um, the he was part of the kingdom of, yeah. of Ethiopia. Yeah. He takes the word back, and then boom, the word of God spreads. Mm-hmm. And that could have been like so. Like, why are you going to take me away from all these people to one person? Because it was guess what? The bigger thing is it brought the gospel to a whole nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that goes back to go, going back to that one conversation. It's not about the masses. Mm-mm. It's about that one-on-one encounter. You never know. You know the Billy Graham story. Yes, I, I was thinking the same thing. The right guy now. that reached him. He yeah. was in a little small town. Mm-hmm. No one got saved at this guy's church for like forty years. Yeah. One kid gets saved at this guy's <laughs> church in the middle of nowhere in this what it like a, the like whole a country world. town. Yeah. And he becomes the biggest evangelist, evangelist of the world. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. There it is. So yeah. true. We just play a role, yeah. man. Yeah. Unbelievable. But it all goes back to like just being in, in wa- knocking on doors, wa- mm-hmm. knocking on doors by faith. And you got to start somewhere. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, what if you yeah. never would have started with doing what you're doing? I don't know where it would be. Yeah. yeah. You got to start yeah. somewhere. And and you, you, you know, know what? Ryan, when you go to these old people's homes, you know, these guys that are already there, their whole thing is, man, I wish I would have was too late. You know, yeah. or you can start there a little bit, whatever is there, you know, people there like your grandpa, man, he yeah. was there. 
God, God can do more in a in a in a in a in a second than you can do in a hundred years. Sean, go ahead. You said something that I think is important part to transition a little bit because there's people like, oh, that just sounds good, but I got no time. Yeah, got no time. Yeah. That, that's an excuse. I mean, Jesus speaks about uh, counting the cost. You yeah. tell us about counting the cost, and you mentioned a little bit like. When you came to the Lord, you had two kids. Ryan came to uh, was born a couple years later, um, but this wasn't the portion where God is really starting to move in your life. And if you wouldn't have been obedient to the Lord during that time, there was sacrifice, obviously, <laughs> yes, working a couple jobs. You said mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Why is that so? Because there are people out there right now that say, "I don't have time." How do you find time? How did you find time during that time? And how were you able to sacrifice? You got to make time. You look at your schedule. Yeah, it's going to be real tight, but it burns in your heart. You, you can't help it. And when I went to Prono Marcus, it was burning my heart. When I opened my school, it was burning my heart. Today, it burns in my heart. You know, and I want to be able, when I go to heaven, I went to heaven because my heart burned with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't something that you're just trying to do to be a good person. No. Mm-hmm. This is literally. <clears throat> I think one of the old prophets um, said, if I don't speak, this burns in my heart. Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah. It burns in my heart. And it's God, when he gives you those desires of your heart, it just burns. You just want to do it. And the more you do it, the more it increases and the more it just it just takes over. Yeah. It's like a fire. It's like a consuming fire. Just You start a little fire and all of a sudden it turns into a blaze. That's yeah. literally what happens in your life. There has to be commitment. You, know, you got to light the match, right? Exactly. <laughs> when I, I look at examples like from the world as far as athletics and stuff, like some of the greatest athletes of all times, whether it's a Kobe Bryant, whether it's a Peyton Manning, whoever it might be, there are so many thousands of hours of dedication mm-hmm. oh, from, yeah. from being young. Same, same thing with skating. Yeah. Like You fail multiple times to do one trick. Yeah. And to get to the next level. Yep. What does it take? It takes dedication. Yep. It takes sacrifice of your time to get better. And then how much more so like in ministry, it takes dedication to read. It takes dedication to pray. It takes dedication to serve in ministry. You know, I think I, I've been in part of ministry since I came to the Lord in my first year. I, I came to the Lord and then later that year I came on staff here. And I remember years going by. I've been here 15, 16 years. I'm like that. I can't believe but, um you know, sometimes, well, how would it be just like coming to service like a normal person and then leaving with your family after? Because we're here. We do a lot mm-hmm. on Sundays. And then the Lord would just minister. This is what God's called me to. It is different. Mm-hmm. You know, we are set up different. Yeah. Like our schedule is different. Yeah. We get up early in the morning. We have a lot of meetings. We deal with a lot of stuff. Which a lot of churches don't do that. Yeah. And yeah. but it all comes down to sacrifice. It comes down to counting the cost. It's having the big picture, as Rawl said, you don't want to have any regrets in your life. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have regrets. Being like Christ. You don't want to have regrets. Yeah. It's never too late to start. Nope. Because nope. like I uh-uh. said, God can do more in a second than oh, you yeah. in a hundred years. God's the one that opens the doors. Mm-hmm. You know, God, I, you know, I want to start, you know, if he lays on your heart to start a, a study at your church or, or, or if, you want to, if you want you to go on a mission trip, yeah. God, I want to go on a mission trip, whatever it is, if it's his will and you pray, Dude, you're gonna. Someone's gonna call you and be like, "Hey, man, I don't know. God just told me that uh, to give you two grand." You're like, "Dang it, that's exactly what I needed to go to Australia for three months, yeah. you know, or something." Like, God gets it done, but it all comes down to, you know, aligning yourself with His will. Can I say one more thing? I, I know we have a few more minutes left, but this is something I think is important with Raw. 
you can't limit God. Yeah. You know, talk really quick, Raul, about like how there were people around you as the ministry began to grow and they saw your gift of evangelism. And some people were saying, maybe you should just be an evangelist. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should be like a traveling evangelist. Yeah. A lot of people come to the Lord, but maybe not a pastor teacher. Maybe you have somebody else do that. But there was a burden in your heart. You had a conversation yes. with Chuck. And if you wanted to have submitted to that pastor teacher, you wouldn't have missed out on what God had. No. Talk if, about that. Yeah. If I wouldn't have gone to Calvary Chapel, sit down and hear the word of God, you know, I could be an evangelist all, all the time. But by sitting under Chuck, I learned to teach the word of God. You know, and I might not be the best teacher, but God, God has proved it that it's not me. He's brought the people, He's educated the people, and they have gone out and did what God called them to do. And I think that's something that a lot of times you can be discouraged. Well, you know, God wants me to be an evangelist, but I want to be open, you know, all my life to see what God is going to do when I get older or whatever it is. Because if you don't, you know, you're not going to be what God wants you to be. Yeah. Very important. And that's it's always good to be open to yeah. um it's 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 just like the wind when the wind blows the leaves mm -hmm. and the trees it, it pushes them in different directions and that's by being led by the holy spirit mm -hmm. is you got to be open to be able to move like if god's like hey yep. you need to go to africa right now yeah. like you got to jump on a plane and go to africa yeah, yeah. I don't like Africa. Like, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't survive there. Well, you're going to Africa. It's, it's too dry. I got. I got bad allergies. I, I don't do good in the in the dirt. Break out hives. Yeah, hive man. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, God gives you desires your heart, but you got to be flexible to move and be led. And when God wants, there's different chapters. There's yes. just like the Ethiopian with with yeah. Andrew. Boom, you're, he's going to pop you around and move you around. And then when it's time to do different things, he opens he opens the door and he gives you those desires at those times. You yeah, know what my, I mean? Mom and I were always open because we felt, well, God put us calls to go to South America. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 even to the present time, Lord, where do you want me to go? Yeah. A lot of times people get secure. They have a big church. Yeah. You know, I'm going to stay here. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go be by faith. Yeah. But, you know, God has kept me here for, man, 47 years. He tells yeah. us this all the time. Yeah. In staff meetings, this place isn't my security. Yeah. Calvary Chapel Golden Springs is not my security. Yeah. Like this, this location, not my security. If God called me to leave, yeah. and I believe him because yeah. he's done it before in his life. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's like important for all of us to realize too. Don't limit God. Don't yes. put God in a box. No. Don't just be like, well, this is my, my sweet spot. This is all that I'm called to do. Well, you know what? Pray. Be open. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. And maybe it is. Maybe God has called you to be in one, that one particular area, that one particular ministry. Um, but also never limit God. That's what I would say. When I when I first got saved and I was helping do the music festivals here with the exit concerts, um, I thought, because we did like what? We did three in a row. Then we did the military events yeah. in um, 21, 29 Palms. Yeah. And then I was starting to do uh, uh, other smaller ones in, in different places. Uh, uh, around the United States with different ministries. We were doing concerts with, you know, all those guys. And then all of a sudden the, the finances stopped with the music festivals because they cost yeah. so much money. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. I literally for three years was like, okay, that's it. I'm doing music festival outreaches. My dad's, he's, he's speaking. I'm, I'm building, I'm, I'm putting it all together and he's the evangelist. He's doing it. I'm not speaking. Remember that? Never. You, you didn't want to speak. I was not on the stage yeah. at all. Um, didn't do it. But what happened then the money stopped and I'm like, Oh no, now, like I lost my call. Now what am I going to do? But then God started opening doors for me to share my testimony. Mm -hmm. And then that led to, uh, I started teaching the Bible later on. Uh, then that turned into the radio show. Just, uh, have just finished the book. The book comes out this spring. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm still traveling into schools. We're producing movies. There's all these things happening. But if I would have limited myself, this goes back to you, what you were saying, Dad. If I would have limited myself, no, I do music festivals. That's all I. That's how God's using me. I would have missed the whole thing. For yeah. sure. And Dad, you've done several movies. You got Taking the Hill. You got your your old movie in the '80s, uh, Fear to Freedom. You got a book that goes along with it. You have uh, several books out. Um, you got a full teaching radio show across the nation, around the world. I would say, church. You got a Bible school here. All right. We're at the end of the show. Dad, thank you for being on. Thank you. Sean McKeon. Amazing. As always. All right. We will talk to you guys next weekend. Peace. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday for The Ryan Reese Show. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.